0: everyone, and welcome to God and All Things. I'm Tori. And I'm Kariana. And today we're going to be discussing some Christ principles, principles of Christ we can learn from the movie Thor. We're continuing our Marvel journey once again, and we're going to just focus on the first Thor movie, so we won't be talking too much about the other two. I don't even think I have notes about any further along things that happen with Thor nope, like we did with Iron Man I, I guess Iron Man has a little bit more of an intense plotline than Thor but <laughs> that's a whole other discussion anyway it's pretty contained yeah for sure. So, let's kick it off by discussing, of course, the summary of it, if you've never seen it or just need a little refresher on kind of what happens within the basic premise of Thor. So, on the planet Asgard, the gods and goddesses of Norse legend actually reign, protecting the nine realms from disaster. The two young princes, Thor and Loki, work to be worthy of the throne, but both have a great deal to learn. Meanwhile, on Earth, Eric Selvig, Jane Foster, and her intern Darcy seek to understand strange phenomena occurring around the desert of New Mexico. Perhaps the answers lie with the Asgardians. And that's where their paths will cross. So, personal experiences. I have mentioned before to Karyana that Thor Especially the first Thor film actually is probably one of my least favorite ones to watch. I think this time around I liked it a little bit better, but it's still, like, the first half is really good, like, the first 30 to 40 minutes is really interesting, up until he, like, tries to get the hammer and can't is really interesting, and then after that, Thor's story loses me, and then, like, I just like Loki's stuff that's going on with him, so... That's how I felt this time around specifically, too. Like, I mean, it's like halfway through the movie or a little over halfway that he tries to hold the hammer and that's all interesting. And then after that, it's like all of a sudden, he just changes a little too fast for me. The development that it's trying to have isn't shown in a very comprehensive way to me and in a very realistic way at all. So I don't like it as much. But I do think Thor and Loki and their relationship and a lot of the stuff that goes on with them is very interesting. And like I said, I really like Loki's story in this as well. So cool. Yeah, that's my experience.
1: (laughs) What about you? I don't have like a super clear like kind of how i talk about with iron man like i remember really vividly iron man coming out i remember liking thor just as much as a kid like Mm -hmm. it but but i don't like have that super clear memory of of when it came out but but i've always loved it i've always loved thor as a character even pre-mcu coming about i really really loved thor as a character i always thought he was cool yeah i don't know i have like, yes. <laughs> a lot of i uh, i was actually paying attention because you've mentioned his development happening too fast and not being believable i was like okay i don't remember that so i'm gonna pay attention and look for that and i i can like confidently say that i didn't feel that okay. way like like okay. watching for unrealistic or s- too fast development i was like no no this all this all really makes sense to me This all it really does i appreciated loki more probably Than I have in the past. I think in the past, like I've never, I've just never been a Loki fan. I know that's blasphemy to so (laughs) many people. (laughs) Like I'm sorry, don't hate me. I just, I don't know. I don't know why it never stuck out to me. It was always just kind of like there and mildly or really annoying. (laughs) And watching it this time, like being older, it was definitely easier to appreciate his story Mm -hmm. and what he's going through. But then when I think about it more, like, it's one of the few cases where the more I think about it, like, the less interesting I think he is.
0: Oh, interesting, Kay. Just like,
1: uh, just, a, just like a basic, just like really fast, not going into any depth or anything. He has this really, really interesting background, right, that you're learning about and he's learning about, and it feels like it should affect and impact him, but then... Once, like, all of his motives and plan is revealed, it's, like, everything that he was planning on from the very beginning. It's, like, it didn't actually affect and impact I actually
0: think that he shifted his plans or, like, made them more intense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, I
1: wouldn't say that there's, like, sorry if that sounded too extreme. Like, I think that it it impacts, like, there is an impact on his Mm -hmm. character and, like, maybe it shifts and changes certain things, but, like... Like he's still kind of just doing the same thing that he was planning on from the beginning. You Maybe know? I
0: don't know. Maybe. There's a specific okay, okay. comment that he makes that I'll okay. get into as we all go right, along. Right. That made me think a little differently. All right. Yeah, but I will also my... say sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was gonna just going to wrap up.
0: I guess I hadn't remembered my first time, but I actually saw this after I watched Avengers same okay. thing. I think the only one I saw before I saw Avengers was Captain America.
1: Dang. And all... You were not in no, the MCU No, I was not. Yet. The okay. Avengers was what won me <laughs> That's over. That's got you. Like, when I okay. saw that, I was
0: like, okay, I'm in this and I'll watch the other ones and okay. stuff. Like, it just wasn't part of my family to really pay attention. I think Noah yeah. was maybe the only one that was really aware right. of stuff. And maybe my parents had seen, like, Iron Man without us, well, like, on a date or something. Right. But I, yeah, I just didn't really pay attention to it until Avengers. But I will say, even even though I don't think the development is as I would like it to be, like I would have liked a little bit more with it. And there's one comment that makes it so that I don't like it as much, and that's made oh, later on in the movie. Okay. So I'll come to that too. Yeah, I'll be interested. But I will say this time around it didn't bother me as much. If it wasn't for that comment, I think I would have liked it. Okay. But it ma- they make a comment later on that points to a certain thing being the cause of him changing. Whereas when I was watching this time, I felt like it was more things was going on things. that I was okay. like, OK, this is leading him to it's not just this one thing. But then they make a comment acting like it was that one thing. And I was like, I'll be interested to know
1: if that like is subconsciously (laughs) affecting me. And once you bring it to my attention, it'll change my mind. We'll we'll see see
0: how we do this. But let's just get into it, starting with our gospel principle, of course. And we are going to be discussing agency and accountability through Thor. So let's have Kariana introduce that to us.
1: Yeah. Um, So I didn't. I guess I just kind of focused on agency, but you know, right. they go, they go together. Works, but yeah. <laughs> Agency or free will um, is really one of God's greatest gifts to his children since it's the gift that kind of allows us uh, the opportunity to use every other gift he's given us. Um, all of us are going to be tempted by good and evil, which means that some souls were lost in the pre mortal world and some will be lost in mortality. But with our ability to choose our paths for ourselves, we're able to become more like our savior and ultimately gain celestial
0: glory. Beautiful. Well done summing that up. And I really actually, it was interesting watching this because my first instinct was like, with Iron Man the humility because I feel like that's a huge part of this but especially watching both Loki and Thor's yeah. journey like agency and their different uses of it at different points is very interesting. No,
1: I loved when you yeah. brought at first I was like man agency like is this the one to use that like mm-hmm. agency it can be applied to one, anything yeah. like all characters and all stories revolve around agency but then I was like no they're actually like in this story in particular they're so many different ways it could have gone depending on every single character's choices and what they do they're all making choices
0: (laughs) and they're having to face the consequences of their choices to
1: like worlds and (laughs) things that don't seem like a big deal to them either that are impacting more people than they realize yeah lots of lots of interesting really really
0: good so Let's get into this. Sweet. So this film starts off. We're actually looking at Jane Foster, her intern Darcy, who is always a joy. She either annoys you or you love her. There's like, there's a few maybe who just don't care about her. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent like, towards her. I'll admit I it. think <laughs> she's got a charm to her. So, I like I was one of those who was really excited when she showed up in WandaVision, (laughs) you know. So, sorry, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that, but there you are. I don't remember that happening. That's crazy. Well, there you go. and eric selvig is the other one they are chasing this storm that they've caught on their system she's jane specifically has been leading this research on some strange phenomena in the atmosphere around new mexico and so she is they're astrophysicists physicists can i say that probably not so we'll just except darcy she's, yes. a, political yeah, she's a political science major, she, but was, she was the, the only, only science she was the only applicant
1: it's sciencey enough i guess it worked
0: hey if she wanted to do it you know for her
1: it provides really really good context for the characters to explain complicated science things to yes, the exactly. audience exactly
0: so. yes we love those to explain characters. why she is the way she is amongst <laughs> these other people of course then she ends up going on to also study astrophysics after this so go. good for changed her changed her world agency the yeah. decisions you make exactly <laughs> can impact everything make her a part of dealing with Division. so here we are so this weird storm ends up coming and it's like just right in this one spot and like this thing appears and it's like all dusty and all this stuff and then she ends up hitting a man with her car (laughs) and it happens to be thor so then we kind of go back in time to see how thor got there and basically we see them as children it's Thor and Loki as children talking to Odin he's explaining the history of their people and fighting the frost giants specifically and bringing peace to the nine realms and they're kind of the guardsmen of the nine realms so during this conversation they talk about the frost giants and Odin tells them that they were both born to be king but only one of them would have the throne basically and we don't really understand what that means yet we will a little later what he probably meant by that but then we flash forward to them being adults and thor is about to be crowned king right like he's mm-hmm. being coronated by odin and in the middle of this well he has a very cocky approach let's just mention very. that that's very <laughs> key to everything he's a very arrogant and vain person and or at least know, like both young
1: and stupid
0: i think he's stupid but i would say he's young and arrogant i I would agree that
1: he's arrogant but But i just like i don't want it to give it like a tony stark feel you know because like tony stark is vain and arrogant but like i would not call him and thor like the same thor is very young and naive and he's he's strong and he's talented and he knows it
0: yes that's that's kind of where
1: i would that's where i'd put him so yeah definitely arrogant and, but like, but yeah, like a youthful naivety kind of yes. kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, it's almost like Loki's like more mature than him in a lot of ways. 100%. But in like, he's still a child in his own way, too, which I think he just gives off more mature he, vibes because yeah, yeah. he's quiet. I and... <laughs> think he's just more of a like, I think he manages his emotions better than Thor does. And that, like, he or has at least emotions around
1: them. Better. Well, yeah, but he
0: has like the emotional maturity as far as he's aware of his emotions and yeah. can control when they show. Yeah. Whereas he's still young, that doesn't and naive, mean that he's good. Like, yeah. it doesn't mean he doesn't let his, his emotions drive him in any way, but like, he's able to control
1: okay. Okay. and temper
0: them. They just don't yeah. show. It's not as, like, Thor's very, like, spontaneous and, like, yeah. I mean, basically, like, they both are in the Norse myth. Like, <laughs> right. they're both, like, they have those same personalities of this big boastful warlike right. man versus this kind of more cunning and manipulative yeah. and like emotional i think loki is actually pretty emotionally intelligent he just manipulates and abuses that right intelligence right. but like he has a lot of emotional intelligence for himself and for other people and that's why he's so manipulative and yeah. able to do so much with his mom and his dad and even with Thor throughout all the movies. He's constantly emotionally manipulating Thor until Thor finally realizes Yeah, what Yeah, is he
1: understands now. not only himself but other people's emotions and how to use them against yeah. them. But he's still very young and naive and doesn't understand the world entirely yeah. still.
0: Mm-hmm. So then right in the middle of this coronation the Frost Giants end up breaking into the castle to steal back their, it's called a casket or something. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know why. I don't understand <laughs> (laughs) Understand what it is, either it's like the source of their power,
1: basically. Just somehow gives them their power, even though they like still can do everything. Powers, yeah. Yeah. Who knows?
0: Don't really know. It must like enhance something or whatever. Again. comment yeah yes. are you
1: into norse mythology are you an mcu fanatic <laughs> tell us what's up with the yes casket. <laughs> if
0: you have a little bit more information yes, obviously we're
1: lightweights over right?
0: here <laughs> didn't realize we're that we're very basic um fans apparently but i would say mm-hmm. we're maybe in the middle May- maybe as far middle. as fans oh yeah probably. i, w- I no, would say we're in the middle yeah no more than a lot of people but we haven't necessarily studied the comics so we don't know um. stuff that's not in the movies anyway they attack and try to steal this casket and they're stopped by Odin's men but it completely ruins the coronation so it's stopped and he's not able to get crowned and so he his reaction is I want to find out how they did this I want to base which he says I want to find out how they did this but really he wants to just go kill people like he just wants to go take them out and Odin's look like look they didn't get that far our destroyer was able to destroy them and do its job And, yes, we don't know how they got here, but, like, we have this treaty. Like, we need to think logically about this. It's only a couple people. It doesn't mean that their whole people were trying to do anything just because it was a couple of them. And so he's looking at it as a king should, as, like, you know, let's take this one step at a time. We know we need to strengthen some borders and stuff. And... Thor is just constantly arguing like no we need to go after them we need to destroy them how can you let them do this and all this stuff how are you so weak as an old man not realizing that it's coming from a place where Odin used to be Thor and has experienced things and grown up and become a more mature person. One of the things I love specifically that Odin says, and I don't think I wrote this down exactly, but he basically says, we're not going to break peace for the choices of a few. Hmm. And I think that's so good. Like, I just think it's so common for us, especially in today's world where there's a lot of confrontation and conflict online and stuff, to take the comments of a few and magnify them to, like, destroy your sense of peace and destroy just tear relationships apart tear just people apart through these online discussion groups because of one or two people who made a comment or who did something wrong and they're like oh this whole group of people is like this or oh everybody who even sort of sympathizes with this person who did this horrible thing they're also awful and we're going to cut like our population in half based on what how you feel specifically about this thing and it's going to be very black and white And I love that Odin specifically says we're not going to ruin peace just because of a couple people who wanted to ruin peace, (laughs) like, are going to maintain that peace and be peacemakers. I, the talk I primarily focused on for this conversation was the talk given by President Nelson in April's conference from 2023 this past year, where he talks about being peacemakers and prioritizing being the type of people who invite peace and That doesn't necessarily mean we agree with people or that we, like, don't deal with problems as they arise, but it just means that we're not going in with a spirit of conflict and confrontation.
1: This scene is definitely, like... (laughs) a little bit hard for me okay. <laughs>
0: listening listening to
1: your comments on it is a little bit hard for me just because I think I'm more of a Thor <laughs> <laughs> At least you can admit right. and so it's like like I can definitely listening to Odin's response to it I definitely I feel like Thor does I'm like what <laughs> what's wrong with you what are you talking he's like so nonchalant he's like oh yeah well like find where the crack is and like fix it. And logically in my head as an adult, I'm like, okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but I'm like they just infiltrated. Like, are you kidding? Like if I imagine my home, my country, you know, like my like my place being infiltrated and attacked like that, like that's not something that I'm just like, oh yeah, we'll just like find a solution and it'll be good. I'm like mad. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so But the one line that does the line that you quoted is definitely the one where like when I was watching, I thought, "Okay, that sounds like the wisdom of an experienced king. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not going to ruin peace because of the choices of a few. I'm like, because that brings me back to the whole race isn't bad. These people did something wrong. And that's where I'm like, "Okay, he sees something here. That I can't see. That's really meaningful. And um, anyway, the scripture that I wanted to bring up in connection with that, because I want to bring it up here at the beginning, because I think it's interesting throughout, um, is uh, 2 Nephi 2.16, um, talking about agency. Wherefore the Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore a man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. And the index says... Uh, I like the way that the index, like, simplifies it. (laughs) Man could not Mm -hmm. act for himself, save he was enticed by good and evil. And I think it's really interesting to think about how Thor and Loki are both enticed by good and evil. Mm -hmm. They've both grown up together, right? We're talking about two men who have the exact same shared experiences. (laughs) Obviously, they're different and their different personalities have led them to different places. But... They same parents, same world, same house, and they've both been enticed by the same temptations. Throughout the sh- the movie, they get enticed by, we see, you know, different things pulling at them, but both of them have the opportunity to choose good and to choose evil. And right here is something where we're seeing Thor have his own natural man reaction of like, like you're saying in his heart, he really just wanted to go kill a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's his true intention, which is that, you know, that evil natural man inside of him. That's real. That's his struggle. His personal struggle is kind of that violent, like rash tendency versus the good that his father is presenting him with this. I understand you, but I've been there and I know better. And this is what we're actually going to do because this is the right thing to do. And, um, the choice that Thor makes based on those temptations causes problems. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we don't, Loki is really, really quiet up to this point. So we don't see where he's at, but we'll see like, you know, we kind of see the same things where he has the opportunity to go. He's, he's enticed by both sides. And that's really like the crux of agency. I guess it, I, it feels like self-explanatory, but it, it feels really important to me to like, bring to attention like here's this is the pivot point this is Mm -hmm. things happen that tempt them and they have to choose good or evil yeah
0: no yeah that's really really true like it's important to realize that all of this is coming down to choices and I think this movie showcases that so well as far as it's not just like their personalities and one's just a bad guy and one's a good guy they're like like you said they're both raised in the same house they have the same nurture and so they just are being presented with choices and the ones they make take them in their different directions as yeah. they go along. And for Thor, it takes him to a bad place and then a good place when he learns. Right. Loki, it takes him to a bad place and batter and badder. Right. <laughs> like, and he has the opportunity worse, to learn yeah. and come
1: back and chooses not to. He could to.
0: turn, but he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. He has multiple opportunities throughout this movie and other movies yes. to kind of come back and he chooses not to right. over and over. Which, Whereas Thor makes the choice yeah. to come back. I wasn't going to bring up later movies, but I will say in the third Thor movie, Thor he goes directly, back down. <laughs> yes. He goes back down, but he also directly tells Loki, "Oh, you keep doing the same thing over yeah. and over and over again. You keep getting doing the bad thing where you could change right like at any point he literally oh, says so that good. to I him I didn't remember that and so and it's true Loki's
1: yeah. story just from here on out just kind of repeats of yep. him like mm-hmm. pretending and having the chance and you have so much hope and then he chooses yes. not to <laughs> and then he goes
0: back he's the god of mischief yeah and he just keeps living up to that but
1: but you know we as okay actually the fact that you bring up that label is really interesting to me because labels have such an impact true. on the way we use our agency mm-hmm. which is why president nelson's talk in 2021 or was it just last year the young adult thing about being a child of god and a child of the covenant and i can't remember
0: but i do remember that talk
1: i bet it was just last year Mm -hmm. um but yes I don't remember the title, (laughs) but you probably if you're a young adult, you definitely know what I'm talking about because it has been talked about nonstop since then, um, where he talks about labels and says, label yourself first as a child of God. Hopefully I'm not messing up the order (laughs) as a child of the covenant and, uh, you know, and as a disciple of Christ or a disciple of God, like those are your labels because your labels Like, they impact the way that we think about ourselves. And so, Loki has this label of the god of mischief. And I hadn't thought about this before. But, like, you know, when does that come about? Probably, like, after he's made these choices. But then... How much of this label of the God of mischief is leading him to say, well, I choose mischief, you know, I'm the God of mischief and therefore I have to be mischievous. And so I can't like not betray these people and I can't not go back on my word because otherwise I wouldn't be living up to my label. And so, yeah, just thinking about the Mm -hmm. way we label ourselves and the way we label others, because everybody has their agency, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't take away our responsibility to help other children Mm -hmm. of God use their agency wisely you know <laughs> yeah
0: it's true and especially when like his brother is the god of thunder right and that sounds so dope and everybody loves that and like yes wants to see that in him all the time and see his power and stuff like loki's like well this is what i have so i'm gonna yeah. use it to the best of my That's ability true. Yeah. you know so there's also a comparison going on there yeah. a lot which we see at the beginning of this for sure And Um, maybe I wasn't being fair earlier even saying that they're raised in the exact
1: same circumstances because, I mean, Loki brings up the fact that Thor is always the favorite and Thor is the heir. And so they are kind of, we don't know. He's the warrior. We we haven't seen it. We don't know how Odin treated them. But from Mm -hmm. Loki's perspective, he's been treated as the inferior his entire life, which has also impacted him.
0: And I would argue throughout this movie, we definitely see that their friends like Thor more. There's been, oh, a cu- there sure. were, Like, there were a couple moments where I was like, I mean, based on the information you have, like, I don't know that Loki's wrong, you know? Well, At a yeah. couple points. With the friends, this.
1: I would even call them Thor's friends. Like, to yeah. me, it gives, like, Loki hangs out because he's the younger brother vibes. Yeah. Like, I would not sure. call them Loki's friends. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah agree. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I hope he has his own little, like, sad magic friends. not I, just the, I'm not guessing just the boastful not, warrior friends. since we don't see any. Dang. That's <laughs> so sad. I think his
0: closest person to him, because she has the same powers as his mom, is probably yeah, the only one he really connects with, like... which is why the second one, things hit so hard. Yeah,
1: so. Him and Thor do have an interestingly close connection, though. I remember being a little surprised as I was watching. I was like, they really are like brothers, and yeah. Thor really does, like love him and they hang out together and they consult together and they advise each other and comfort each other all in this movie and act like it's completely normal. And from Loki's side, we don't know how much of that is real, but from Thor's side, he just acts like that's just their relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was kind of surprised like how, close and like brothers they seem and especially later in the movie Thor like is just you know he's like I genuinely don't know what I did wrong like whatever I did to wrong you I don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. because he's just he's just being him and he loves his brother and maybe that doesn't always come across because siblings aren't always great at that yeah. but mm-hmm.
0: and he's been youthful and arrogant yeah and and self. he's dumb he's egotistical yeah. like he's focused on himself all
1: the time <laughs> Which, again, not entirely, like, abnormal, but not good. definitely not abnormal,
0: but, yeah. But I was
1: surprised at just how, like, kind of normal brother relationship they really have. It kind of makes Loki's actions hurt worse when you really think about, like how lost and confused and hurt thor would be mm-hmm. realizing yeah.
0: that, and almost like realizing how lost and confused and hurt loki feels to yeah. be acting like that
1: Yeah, how he has felt this whole time yeah for sure so and realizing that you were part of the cause of that mm-hmm. gosh oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this suddenly turned into so much more of an emotional movie. Okay. All okay. right. Dang. Well,
0: anyway, continuing on that strain of plot Hey, some of the biggest things happen. It's okay. It's true. It's setting the stage. Exactly, exactly. So then it's just fight scenes. Exactly. A lot of fight scenes. So then we see Loki manipulate Thor. And it's yes. kind of hard to tell if you how don't much know. is manipul like. Oh. I'm like I wonder I'm sure a lot of it is manipulation but I'm sure there's at least some level of like I don't know it's so hard hard to say especially in this one like in other ones because we know Loki's trouble in the other ones like Mm -hmm. it's not it's played off as like you know he smiles when they leave the room or like.
1: Which the I mean was watching for or and or they whatever. don't do in this yeah, movie, they which don't. makes it really
0: hard. I almost wonder if they're trying,
1: they're trying to trick you yeah. because you don't know that Loki. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. In later movies. Mm-hmm. So you like, you just like in every other movie with Loki, <laughs> you want to believe, yes.
0: <laughs> you want to believe <laughs> that, that some that of it is real. Is
1: good. But is any of it? Mm-hmm. Probably
0: not. <laughs> yeah no. So anyway, yeah, he basically manipulates him into getting Thor to go do what he's going to do. Yeah, and super cleverly. Yeah, man. very cleverly because he's like, no, this is such a bad idea. He's like, he's telling Thor
1: that? not to yes. the whole time,
0: but he like plants that seed. He's yeah. like, there's nothing you can do without disobeying father, <laughs> and he knows Thor is gonna be like, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to disobey I guess that's what I'm father. Do. Like you're just. <laughs> you're right and he just knows thor so well that he like knows that's gonna work oh but then yeah you see him in the back and he's like actually looks like oh no like he's like rubbing his brow like the yeah, stress he's all like, stressed about what it. is going on but he goes with them so i don't know what which his is kind of suspicious that. if yeah. you're like
1: looking for it uh, but. <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know it's like semi, but it also comes across as like a loyal brother. Like, okay, it's if true. you're gonna do this, I'll come with it's you. True. You know, okay, I if think I wasn't looking idea, for but... it,
1: I think it wouldn't get yeah. me at all. But uh-huh. again, knowing, I was kind of like, that's so. actually kind of weird that he like went to this. Like what Thor yes. wants to be a battle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: And so anyway, they get there, and Thor approaches Luffy, is the king's name, yes. and asks him how he got in. And but he's not very polite about it. He's very aggressive. <laughs> Imagine that. He also shouldn't be there in the first place, as per the treaty. So that's just right. Instantly, so he's like already broken a treaty, calling it to war and violence yeah. by even going, which is part of the problem. And yes. so. They go and Heimdall also was interesting in this because I feel like he comes across as so wise. But in this moment, I was like, I'm not really sure why yeah. you listen to Thor if Odin's the one you're supposed to be listening to. Right. But anyway, he does. And he
1: comes across as very like principled, like mm-hmm. he's very... This is the rule, therefore, I do the rule. But then he spends the entire movie twisting those rules, and I'm yes, like, so are like, "Are What's you principled? What's going on? Like He's it's a almost, really interesting. It kind character. of
0: ends up feeling like he just likes Thor more than, yeah, the others like everybody else does interesting in a way so you kind of wish he wasn't you kind of wish he was just an unbiased character. if anybody if he should like prefer anybody it should be the king odin right you know what i'm saying biased towards the law yes exactly not (laughs) towards either of the princes but anyway there's There's my next
1: nerd question i want to know like is heimdall it like does he feel that way because he is supposed to be that way like in the comics is he more of this kind of like objective character or is it like and it not? was just the plot he...
0: that called him for to be a little more of a thor yeah, lover did in like this the writers of the something? movie yeah. say
1: well this is actually convenient to the plot so that's what we're going to do <laughs> yeah or is he actually a flawed character i'm curious yeah, if you know let me know <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, for sure anyway yes so thor approaches laofi and is like how did you get in they're having this not very polite interaction it looks bad they're getting surrounded by these other frost giants and it's getting pretty tense and loki's like okay we'll accept your offer to leave thanks let's go and so they're about to leave and then one of the frost giants insults thor and loki's like dang it (laughs) so immediately it erupts into violence on all sides and they're fighting and then odin comes in okay i do actually have something that's really interesting to me yeah
1: right there so this is something that really really stood out to me where the the frost giant makes his insult and you can like yeah loki makes his comment you can see in all of his friends faces like they know like thor just got insulted We're about to fight, right? Uh But Thor is, he's walking away. So his back is turned to the frost giant and the camera goes to Thor and he smiles and then turns around or maybe doesn't turn around. I don't remember, but throws his hammer at this frost giant and attacks. And I thought that smile was so interesting because it's so premeditated. It's not like the frost giant insulted him and he just got so mad and erupted because that's his personality. Mm-hmm. Like he made a conscious decision to say, I just got insulted and therefore I'm going to do this.
0: It like gave him permission and he was like, yes, this exactly. is what I Exactly.
1: And now thinking about the conversation we just had about labels, I wonder if that almost goes back to it. Mm-hmm. Like that's his personality. That's who he is. He erupts he doesn't take any crap you know that's thor and so when he gets insulted all of his friends know what he's gonna do because that's what he does and so like that's what he does
0: yeah (laughs) it makes him feel powerful not just like in the sense of i can beat these guys but also like he knows everybody knows him yeah around him and is like okay let's go so then he has
1: to do that and so he's almost letting this label control his agency. But he does make a conscious choice, you know? Yeah. Because it's almost mm-hmm. easier if he had truly just erupted, then that would be more of this, like, personality fault, natural man getting in the way of things, kind of. It's almost more forgivable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I have my struggles. I do things without thinking, whatever. But he thought about it and chose to do something that he knew his father didn't approve of, that he knew was dangerous to his nation, world, whatever. And that was just, that was just fascinating to me that I don't know, because he was ready to leave. And so it's interesting, like what really his purpose for going there in the first place, he chose to go, like had he already chosen to attack no matter what happened? And this was just his opportunity to, was he not really sure? And in that moment he said, okay, no, like you said, giving permission I just thought that that choice yeah. was really.
0: That is interesting. interesting. I guess it goes kind of back to where we said, you know, the reason what he wants is violence. Like yes. he doesn't actually want to find out how they did it right. or fix anything. Like he just wants to have a war and fight in it and so i think it probably goes back to that like he went there really he was acting like he was being all tough and smart about it and wise but he just wanted to fight looking for a fight exactly yeah and so that just gave him permission to like get that fight he went there right. for
1: yeah it's just really interesting that it's almost posed like an eruption but it's not actually it really is a conscious choice a conscious use of his agency
0: Yeah, and I think this kind of, just going into Loki's story, too, like, I think this whole time, because you were mentioning, you know, all his plans, like, they played out, and to me, I'm like, I don't know if he would have thought all of this would have happened, like, I don't think he would have expected his father to banish Thor, like, I don't know if I would have, he would have expected Thor necessarily to be actually willing to go to Jotunheim he's like probably given the right push but like Mm -hmm. not necessarily I think it's planned really just basic level is he just wants to make Thor look like a naive, not a good king, right, not ready to be right. king, and make himself look more logical and reasonable. Yeah. And he does that. Like yeah. that whole this whole first part, like Thor looks reckless and dangerous and Loki looks very intelligent, emotionally intelligent and reasonable yeah. through all of everything going on and that's what loki wants to happen and so like i think that's literally all his plan was like he even mentions later this was kind of one of the comments that pointed out to me that maybe his plan wasn't necessarily all of this stuff i think he, he mentions, like, I just wanted to keep Thor from the throne for longer. When he's talking to F, uh, um later about how he's the one that let them in. Spoiler alert. He tells Laofi, he says, I just wanted to give us a break from having Thor as king for a little while longer. And mm-hmm. so I knew interrupting the coronation that way would give us at least a little bit more time. Give me a little bit more time to see if I can fix it. And so there's some level, like, he is power hungry, but he also is not wrong (laughs) about Thor being reckless and him pointing it out is actually probably better for Asgard anyway. Yeah. And for Thor. So it's kind of just an interesting play within his plan that's actually a positive thing. But, like, it's just his intentions that end up not being as pure. And that's the problem. But, like, most of the movie, he's not wrong. Right. (laughs) Like, he's actually... pretty correct in a lot of his decisions and stuff. Right.
1: Yeah because if we called that his whole plan like just protecting Asgard from Mm -hmm. Thor's reign (laughs) you could almost call that just like a positive intention and that goes really well but it's as those intentions get corrupted that things go bad and he goes bad.
0: Yeah, and you don't get the feeling, too, that he even hates his dad. Like, it's literally no. all targeted at Thor to start with, and he doesn't want Thor on the throne. He, like, he's fine with his dad to start with. It's just when he discovers more about mean... his past that he starts to feel more hatred yes. towards his dad. It doesn't even feel like but... he hates Thor. No. Here at the beginning. No. It feels like he thinks Thor is an idiot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that Asgard <laughs> shouldn't have him as king, and yeah. that he deserves to be king because he'd be a better one. And yeah. I'm like, honestly, again, is he wrong? Mm, right. I would argue no.
1: If he was uh, a well-intentioned point, yeah. good
0: person, then that would be he ideal. would probably be
1: a better king. Yeah. But no, I would agree that I that the whole movie is not premeditated by Loki enough. because I agree that he probably didn't expect Odin to banish Thor Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that was an extreme reaction because Odin recognized that things needed that Thor needed something extreme to yeah. change him and Loki didn't recognize that or that odin would recognize that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and so so i i would agree that loki's plans do evolve
0: as the movie continues and maybe yeah i don't know it, i think yeah. the i think his growing knowledge makes things more extreme like it used yeah. beforehand it was kind of just so like uh i'm kind of you know a little petulant about not getting the throne and i also think th- especially losing it to my brother who I think is an idiot and so it's kind of coming from that petty jealous brother but then, then as the things bigger. go on it becomes much more hateful and malicious okay as he's going because he learns things that he didn't know and feels very hurt and right. so it just makes it so it's bigger Okay, I'm interested to keep breaking this down. (laughs) Anyway,
1: see how it goes. See how I feel about it. We'll see.
0: We'll see. I'm
1: waiting for my mind to be changed.
0: Right. (laughs) You know, maybe it won't be by the end, but.
1: But it's already, my opinion has already become less extreme. Because I'm like, I mean, that's true. Like, he didn't come up with
0: the whole plan at the beginning. (laughs) So. (laughs) I would say, if nothing else, you could say, yes, he's probably like one of the more interesting bad guys in the Marvel universe. Yeah, for
1: sure. Because I really didn't think he was that interesting so yeah. even if by the end of this I'm like okay actually no, it's a really interesting story then, <laughs> then I've <laughs> can, changed for the better we take
0: it. Okay. <laughs> Great. we'll see how the rest
1: of this goes
0: okay after Odin gets there Thor is like oh we can take him on father and he's like shut up he says silence the fact that Thor is like, oh, good, you're going to join in. Yeah. Again, so naive yeah. and youthful anyway. And arrogant, so thinking and like, arrogant. oh, yeah,
1: I will recognize that I was actually yeah. right. <laughs>
0: uh, instead of realizing, Jeez. like, literally you guys were going to die if Odin hadn't showed up. And now you have destined this, our worlds to war. And that's not awesome. fair. So, yeah, so it, Odin comes down and it's like, hey, Luffy, can we just, like, let this slide and recognize it's just the decisions of a boy actions, yeah. and of a we shouldn't break this whole peace treaty just based on their actions and be forgiving and stuff and Luffy's like no like we're having war now you've broken the treaty whatever and so he's like okay throws them all off takes them through heindel to back to asgard and he ends up having a conversation with thor and loki in the room and he's like full-on mad he calls him a greedy and cruel boy which he is being a very greedy and arrogant and cruel boy and thor calls him an old man and a fool which is not true or fair or good to call your dad
1: <laughs> honor <laughs> so, your parents yes. guys my
0: <laughs> mother and father please So Odin ends up deciding that Thor needs something more drastic to learn and be humbled and recognize that he is not in a position to behave the way he's behaving. And so he ends up taking Thor's power via the hammer and he sends Thor to Midgard, which is Earth. And he also sends the hammer just to a different, slightly different place. And we learn as the movie goes on that he had a reason for them being so close, but far apart at the same time so that thor could gain this humility and a better understanding of what it means to be a king basically and a leader and so yes thor this brings us back to the beginning where jane hits him with a car (laughs) and he is calling for heimdall and his dad to bring him back and they won't and then (laughs) darcy ends up tasing him (laughs) because he's freaking her out, which, fair enough.
1: (laughs) She literally says, he was freaking me out. (laughs) he was
0: freaking me out. And then later, later, when Jane's like, you're the one who tasered him, and she said, yes, I did. (laughs) She has no regrets. Anyway, I'm like, good for you, girl. Protect yourself (laughs) from crazy big guys. (laughs) Anyway, so they do take him to the hospital, and he's, of course, very thrown off but also still arrogant and himself so he's like thinking they're attacking him and like throwing people all over the place and doing all this damage in the hospital well jane goes home with her fellow scientists and intern and they see the shape of a man in some of the pictures and images they got from the storm and so they realize that he was actually in the storm that he may know something about it that they don't from their reading so they go back to get him and he's broken out and is walking around and they she hits him with her car again and they basically start to just talk with him a little bit so then we're kind of flashing back and forth at this point between thor and loki so, flashing back to Loki, so during the fight, we should go back to during the fight, when one of the frost, they were told, don't let the frost oh. giant grab you, cause it can cause like a free, it's like a freeze burn basically mm-hmm. thing that's going on. And Loki ends up being grabbed by one of the frost giants on the arm and he's a little nervous, but then it just turns his skin blue like the frost giants. And so he starts to wonder, oh, am I a frost giant <laughs> basically? And so he gets home and we see this conversation between him and Odin where he's looking at the casket and thinking about things and picking it up and it ends up turning his whole body to look like a frost giant and then it reverts back but he basically has realized like I don't think you've been honest with me dad and so Odin ends up telling him basically during the original war with the frost giants he found after all the destruction and Asgard one, he found a baby inside the t- temple and it was actually Laufey's son that he had left to die and Odin decides to take him and that baby was loki and it's interesting because i think this ties back again to agency with odin and his choices and how that impacts loki specifically and thor in a lot of ways where earlier like i said they talk about you know you were both born to be kings even though only one of you will take the throne and in his mind probably his intention with taking loki was in part because he was just a baby and he wanted to take him, which I truly believe that was at least in his heart somewhere. Yeah. Loki kind of doesn't believe it, but I think that was true. But he also wants to see if maybe potentially, I'm assuming he was waiting till Laufey died and then putting Laufey's son, Loki, on the throne of the for the Frost Giants and then have Thor on the throne for Asgard, and then they would work as a team and bring about a greater peace and unity between the two worlds but due to everything that's happened it doesn't look like that's going to happen but he never told loki any of this they he had no idea he was adopted it was the big adoption reveal and which i would agree is problematic yes if he wanted um, to
1: put him on the throne one day loki needed to be prepared for that (laughs) he needed to
0: know i'm no yeah that's one of those agency things where i'm like i think it would have it honesty with your children is almost always the best choice.
1: Yeah, anything that a child is capable of understanding and in you know, in a healthy and comprehending in a healthy way. Like yeah. there's, no there's no reason to not to keep, tell to them. keep yeah, it. Yeah. It's
0: not going to help anything. It's just going to make things more drama filled in the yeah. future if you don't. So which, bad
1: choice on Odin's yeah. side, but coming from good intentions, but yes. still affects Loki. In a negative way, regardless yes. of those good mm-hmm. intentions.
0: And those consequences come back to bite Odin in the butt over and over and over again. And everyone <laughs> so, else. So yeah. Loki finds this out and so he grows very angry for obvious reasons and is yelling at Odin. And this is where we first see like he's actually angry at Odin now. Like it's not just and his mom too. I feel like his mom less so because again I think his mom's kind of been the only person he's really connected with. within Asgard anyway and so I'm sure it's harder for him to really fully be angry with his mom and I think there was always a little bit of a feeling of his mom kind of choosing loki in certain situations over thor and like i feel like she was more balanced about it than odin probably was but anyway all that to say i think he gets very angry and he's officially angry at more than just thor and so the first time we see him
1: lose control (laughs) yes that's a good point yeah
0: he's been so in control of himself this whole time and this is where he freaks out yeah and i don't know if it's the stress of it i don't really understand the odin sleep Basically, where he like falls into a coma, basically nope. something I'm assuming he just has some sort of condition that causes him to kind of fall into these. The comas fact that it's
1: called Onan's sleep yeah. is actually the
0: most hysterical thing yes. to me in the movie. <laughs> He's like, it's his thing. What, is, what is Loki does Loki say? He just does this every How hundred he years? Yeah, he's
1: like, he's <laughs> fallen into the Odin sleep. And I'm yes. like, the Odin and sleep? Oh. <laughs> Can anyone else have an Odin sleep? I Do know. I have Kariana
0: sleeps? Is that, like, like, what? For a group of people who aren't actually gods, according to y'all, just the people on Earth called you that, <laughs> y'all act like gods, <laughs> Yeah. It won't be like, I'm going to name this condition after myself, yeah. and it will have a the in front of it. <laughs> the,
1: that's what really does it, is the
0: Odin the sleep. The Odin oh sleep. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. So if you know what the Odin sleep is, again, feel free to
0: <laughs> yes. nerd out in the comments <laughs> about Norse do. mythology. <laughs> All of this, the Norse, myth- Norse mythology and the just comics of it, because I know they're different in a lot of ways. But
1: Yeah, Fair. Since we're having a conversation about agency and since this is the first time Loki has lost control, Mm -hmm. I don't really have a full thought here. So maybe this is a useless thing that shouldn't go in, but (laughs) it's I'm just really interested in like the things that take away agency and how much like we take away agency from ourselves and other people take agency away or circumstances take, you know, kind of the three categories Mm, of sin, right? Is like our own choices, other people's choices and fallen world. Like if I'm being really frank, I really firmly believe we all have our own agency. We all make our own decisions, but I also get really angry and make poorer decisions when I'm really angry. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I firmly believe in this idea that we all have our agency, but also sometimes it does feel like I have less of it. It's like I don't blame myself as much for my actions when I'm in duress or under circ- certain mm-hmm. circumstances or even when other people do certain things, you know. And I think I blame myself for allowing myself to get angry and to get to that point. But, like, the fact that I make those poor decisions feels, like, to be blamed on the fact that I let myself get so emotional rather than, yeah. like, I wasn't thinking as clearly because obviously I couldn't think yes. as clearly. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't know. That's just, again, I don't have, like, a full thought. It's just um, just the idea of, like, Odin's actions and combined with Loki's emotions getting in the way and affecting, like, his intentions and his decisions. Yeah. Based on that. But then once he calms down to the, the fact that he calms down and comes up with more manipulative plans yeah. based on the anger that he feels rather than calming down and calming down (laughs) Mm -hmm. and making better decisions i don't know just kind of just an interesting play to me there where i i'd like to understand and think about more like can agency really be eliminated or am i just trying to make myself feel better (laughs) in a way
0: for sure yeah i would say almost I think he ends up letting his anger drive him, even when it is calm enough that he doesn't have to. But I think in that moment, I think he says words, and the fact that he... kind of puts his father in a position where he falls into the odin sleep yeah that i think he doesn't want to do that necessarily in that moment he is he he uses it to yeah he uses it to his advantage he's like okay i guess i'll deal with this and use it but he also like you can tell in that moment he's actually upset that he did that to his dad Yeah. yeah And that he was yelling at him like that. Like, he's still angry at him. But, yeah, he definitely has some level of guilt over that. Which makes him a great anti-hero, I would say. Or maybe, I don't know, what's the other, what's the opposite where it's, like, more villainous but, like, has heroic moments or like more empathy in him. The sympathetic villain, I don't know. (laughs) Sympathetic villain, maybe, yeah. That's a good one. Anyway, I think yeah, it's really interesting. Cause yeah, (laughs) you just see moments where he has some humanity and you're like, yeah, he could be just manipulating, but I'm like, not all of the time. I think there are there's definitely moments where he actually feels something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This episode has been divided into two parts. You have reached the end of part one. Part 2 will be released the following Thursday. We hope you enjoyed the first half of our discussion. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Godinallthingspodcast. Additionally, if you are interested in seeing what Tori is currently reading, head over to her YouTube channel, Good Strong Words. Thank you again for listening. We hope you are having a wonderful day. Keep remembering to see God in all things, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye!